Hi, I'm Alan Altman. And I'm Dave Juskow. And this is Billy Joel A to Z. To me, it's very middle Europe, very Viennese. Hello, little boy. Hello, little girl. Welcome to my castle. <laughs> Slow down, you crazy child. You're so ambitious for a juvenile But then if you're so smart Tell me why are you still so afraid mm-hmm. Where's the fire, what's the hurry about You better cool it off before you burn it out You got so much to do And only so many hours in a day hey, hey, hey. But you know that when the truth Told that you can get what you want Or you can just get old You're gonna kick off Before you even get halfway through Ooh, when will you realize Vienna waits for you Hello everyone and welcome to Billy Joel A to Z Where today we start our lengthy journey into the letter V And that means the final song Covered off of one of the greatest albums of all time 1977's The Stranger. Today, it's Vienna. Slow down, you crazy child, and take the phone off the hook and disappear for a while. It's all right, you can't afford to lose a day or two. Ooh, when will you realize Vienna waits? Vienna waits for you as the first song off of the second side of this legendary album. Although a fan favorite and so much more, Vienna was only released on November 12th, 1977 as a B-side to Just the Way You Are. Although it was also released as a B-side to Moving Out as well, but only in the UK. Vienna is so popular that as of last year, Vienna was Billy's fourth most streamed song on Spotify. Vienna only appears on 12 Gardens Live, which makes a heck of a lot of sense since he plays it at almost every show at the Garden these days. Other than that, it appears nowhere else. But don't worry. Everyone knows its power. And with a boost from the wide-reaching influence of social media and streaming platforms, Vienna has become one of Billy Joel's most beloved tunes. It's constantly performed on shows like American Idol and The Voice, been in multiple TV shows and movies, which we'll talk about today as I bring in the co-host of the Billy Joel A to Z podcast, Alan Altman. Hello, Alan. Hello, Dave. I'm coming to you live from Vienna, Austria. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, I really wanted to make this as authentic as possible. So I flew to Vienna with our large budget that we have for this podcast. And here I am. <laughs> That's perfect. I'm so glad. It, it's nice. I've heard it's very nice there. It's very nice. Everyone is speaking uh, a different language, but I'm getting by. I keep playing this song on speakers in the street and they give me looks, which seem to be looks of like anger. But, oh. you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll but, tell you what, Alan. We'll start off with the ranking. You know, we haven't done a song in such a long time, an actual song. I mean, I don't was the last one like 2000 years that seemed like, oh, no, it was Uptown Girl. Right. It just seems everything seems so long because there's all these things in between. So, yeah, well, actually, so I, I 
I realize it's been so long. I wanted to look at like when we did the last recording of a song. And so it was Uptown Girl and it was two and a half months ago. Oh, my God. That. So see what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm a little rusty. But this is interesting, Alon, with the rankings going back to our boys. They both have the same number. I think it's the first time ever. Wow. We're really converging here. This is exciting. Uh, what could it be? So pick uh, pick a guy and see what you got. I'm going to go with a Glenn Gamboa today just to mix it up. <laughs> so I, obviously this will be fairly high, but I don't know how high. Um, and just in, in since it was used in that movie 13 going on 30, I'm going to say 30 as my guess. That's funny. No, it's way higher. What made you think that? Like, you don't think okay, so then I'll go 13. Then I'll say 13. But, I mean, you don't think this song, the this song in particular would make it like really high since you know, with the intro I just put out and kind of the resurgence of this song, even though these, you know, things are in 2015, 2017, you don't feel it would be even higher than 13? Oh, no. I mean, I said 30 because I think to to me personally, like it's a great song, but I feel like it's a great album track and there's a lot of hits that are also very highly rated. And I don't know what is in the mind of these two guys. And I, I just didn't know that they would go super duper high because I, I don't think I personally would. It's super duper high. Is it a top 10? It is. Want to try again? Okay. I'm going to guess again. Uh, okay. I'm going to say six. No, a little too high, but it's eight. Wow. And that's eight out of 121 songs. Uh, as far as Christopher Bonanno is concerned, it is one below just the way you are and one above. Weirdly, I guess I we'd forgotten I don't want to be alone. <laughs> so that's uh, there you go. Glenn Gamboa, though, has it one below Summer Highland Falls and one above Goodnight Saigon, which just goes to show you these these guys have some strange songs near the top of their list. True. Well, let me read his blurb and then we'll get into it. Uh, this is for Christopher Bonanos, a pretty song, a long metaphor for finding yourself at a crossroads in life with a nice lilt and a restrained bit of whimsy unusually oblique as a musician i know neatly put it to me the other day it's what i want from him with few billy problems cole porter would have nodded and smiled at a line like you can get what you want or you can just get old the extraordinarily personal ballad reflects joel's life plainly from the classical piano opening to the advice about following your dreams the good advice is clearly personal but also universal don't you know that only fools are satisfied? Dream on, but don't imagine they'll all come true. They're both using lines from the songs, which that's what you can see also resonated for them. The fans rank it at number two. So, all right. yeah. So, okay. So you feel probably the way I do. And the question, of course, would come down to when we do these final rankings, are you ranking it on you and me, the way we feel about a song, or are you ranking it as this is a Billy Joel or has become like Summer Highland Falls, uh, an absolute Billy Joel masterpiece classic. And and therein is what I think they're doing. And you and I, I guess, and I wasn't sure how you felt about it. I, I got... <laughs> this is one of the ones that people are just going to get on me about. At the 13 on 30, which I've seen 50 times, ruined the song for me, pretty much. And it's not just 
go 13 on 30. It's Taxi as well. Taxi was a TV show back in the 70s and 80s that I watched. Everyone watched. It was a great show. There's one episode where they pretty much use the entire song. They go to Vienna. Alex and Mary Lou Henner go to Vienna. And as a boy watching it, the premise was so sad and depressing as a, as, as a guy that looks like Judd Hirsch, <laughs> okay, because that's the important thing, who gets to go to Vienna with a girl that looks like Mary Lou Henner, who is just absolutely gorgeous, especially back. She's still pretty now. I've seen her in person. She was just stunning back then. And when they go to Vienna wearing these unbelievable outfits, they play the song throughout the TV show with another guy singing it kind of like a bosom buddies kind of thing. Slow down, you're doing fine. You can't be everything you want to be before your time. Although it's so romantic on the borderline tonight. And it is just, it was one of the most depressing episodes I'd ever seen on a TV show for all the wrong reasons. It's technically a good episode, probably for a normal human being. But this song just became so depressing. When 13 going on 30, when her trek back, they play the whole song in that movie. Yeah, they I watched that out. montage and I was like, wow, they, that's like a three and a half minute montage. Yeah, this entire song. A yeah. three and a half minute montage of her going back home with her parents. And I'm like, this movie sucks. And I love this movie, but I that part ruins it for me. I don't know why. And it probably goes back to the taxi episode. The premise is uh, uh, Mary Lou Henner goes, hey, let's go to let's do something crazy. I never get to travel. Let my kids are away. I want to go to Vienna. I want to I want to go to Vienna. And, he, and she, he's like, come with me. And he's like, nah, nah, because, you know, we. You know, we're friends. And I don't want you interfering with all the babes I'm going to get there. And you're watching the show and it's like, is he is he kidding? You know, so you're just angry already because it's really pretty girl where they say they open up saying there might be something between them. And he's trying to date other girls. And when he gets there, he get he it's it's so embarrassing. He's on a plane. Some girl turns him down before he gets there. Everybody's turning him down because he's disgusting and he has no money. <laughs> and, and, no, I'm and, a taxi driver in New York City. Huh? Right. And, and and he has to tell people he's a taxi driver. Like, I live this now. And I knew I was going to live this then. So if this song, like knowing full well, I know this is the way my life's going to end up. I'm going to, yes, I'm going to be able to travel, but not as a wealthy person, <laughs> you know. And the, the two, the four or five times I've traveled overseas, I'm always like, oh. Uh, you know, sometimes I, a couple times I've run out of money. I'm like, well, at least I have my plane ticket home. I just knew it was going to be that way for me. And it's just that, that, that episode stinks. Well, okay. So I, I watched the clip of, of that taxi episode where, and I'll tell you my objective view of that. Cause you yeah. obviously have this. I didn't know you saw in it. the I moment. Yeah. Cause I, I read that this was used in that episode and I found a clip of it. This is the part of the episode where they're on the airplane and Mary Lou Henner is sitting next to a guy who plays guitar. And she's yeah. like, oh, this song Vienna by Billy Joel. And then he's like, oh, I can play that for you. And they sing a duet of it. And Judd Hirsch is standing there watching really pissed off. Well, and everyone on the plane gathers around like, oh, yeah. listen to this. 
but they're listening to Mary Lou Henner, who, by the way, does not have a good singing voice. So no. it's a terrible duet. Yeah. And everyone's like acting like, oh, this is so great. I think what's strange about this song, and this is a good example of it, is that just because they were going to Europe in this episode, and I think the episode is called Vienna Waits for You. Yeah. They obviously base it around the song, but it doesn't mean that what's happening in the episode has anything to do with like the lyrics of the song. Oh my God. What's happening in the episode has nothing to do with the lyrics, nor does. Well, the 13 on 30 a little bit because it's that does age. because that's about aging and this right, is a song right. about aging. So there it True. made sense. Right, and that's right. like but a, the taxi one, nothing, just the, the opening. Uh, it's like a, a James Bond when they named after the novel, but they only took the title. Yeah. So it's one of those things. Oh, it's, 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 it's we're going to go to Vienna. Let's play that Vienna song. Yeah, but, but, you did, but did you see of why that guy sat down next to her? I mean, did you? No, I don't know the context. Okay, of so, it. so what happened is he goes to talk, he's like, you know what? I'm going to go for it. And he talks to this woman on the plane and she almost sprays him with mace. It's so depressing and sad. The fact that he thought this was a good idea, you know, so so, so I remember that as a kid. And then when he comes back, that guy sitting with Elaine, like a gorgeous guy with a guitar, you know, I thought it was a then, fam- I thought it was like David Cassidy. He kind of has that sort of look. Yeah, he does have that look. And then, of course, that it just so from that moment on, you know, it's going to be a really depressing episode for Alex Rieger, the character of Judd Hirsch. Mm-hmm. And I just always that's I've always hated that song because of that. Alex, how'd it go? Uh, it's a little too early to tell. Uh, <laughs> Todd Bentley, this is Alex Rieger. Hi, Todd. You do there, Mr. Rieger, sir. Please, don't call me sir. I'm sorry, Mr. Rieger. Would you not call me Mr. Rieger? What's the difference in our ages, anyway? Six or seven years? More like 12, sir. (laughs) All right, so I'm the oldest guy on the plane. Uh, You satisfied now? Is he bothering you now? (laughs) Is this your Rubik's Cube? Yes, it's my Rubik's Cube. Alex, calm down. Uh, Todd has just asked us to jog to Germany. Oh, good. Why don't you just run on ahead? We'll catch up later. Todd, I heard you playing your guitar in the boarding area. You play so well. You know, I really love that one song you were playing, uh, the Billy Joel. Vienna? Yeah, that one. I think there's probably one more Vienna on this guitar for you, if you will help me sing. (laughs) Slow down, you crazy child. So ambitious for a juvenile, but then if you're so smart, tell me why are you still so afraid? Hey, where's the fire? What's your hurry about? You better cool it off before you burn it out. You got so much to do and only so many hours in the day. Hey, but you So for me, because so this is my feelings about the song. I I like this song a lot, but I think something that and this is sort of like this hipster mentality, because I see all of these like young people who like love the song so much. 
it makes me feel a little bit like you guys don't know the real Billy Joel. You just like the song because you heard like Ariana Grande sing it or whatever. And yeah, it's great for like female singer covers. There's lots of those because this is a perfect song for that wheelhouse. But it does make me feel a little bit like these aren't the real fans, which I should be feeling about someone who likes Uptown Girl. But for some reason, I also feel it a little bit about this song. And so it's a great song and I love it. And I understand why Glenn Gamboa and Bananos say it's one of his best because it's a piano ballad and we love when Billy Joel plays the piano. It's got cool classical influences. It's got good lyrics, a good message. It has none of the weird vocal tricks that Billy likes to do. Right. But there's just a little bit of it that that dings it for me. And so I wouldn't put it in my top 10. It's funny that you say that. I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. The fact that these kids like it, just like what you're saying, especially coming from me, you know, saying uh, they're not really Billy Joel fans. You know, I'm we're still not sure if I am. So but <laughs> I, I see what you're saying. And that that bothers some too. I enjoy that it's had a resurgence, but I wonder if they know what it means and all that kind of stuff. I'm with you 100 percent on that. And the weird thing is, I'm really this is one of those songs I'm actually trying to get over the initial shock I had from it. Remember, that taxi episode is mm, maybe four years after the song was released. So, when you, you know, it's so crazy to think it, it was a brand new <laughs> song. Yeah, right. It's like one of those things where you I watch the clip now and I'm thinking, oh, they're playing an old Billy Joel song. But no, right. it's like if there was a show today and they were like, hey, let's play Shake It Off by Taylor Swift. No, the right. Exactly. The weird part is this. This was like a cutting edge, deep track. Remember, it was never released. So somebody on Taxi was a huge Billy Joel fan, knew this deep cut song and said, let's let's do let they probably knew the song and made this episode. Yeah. And um, it's funny because, like you're saying, Deep Track, it was a B-side to uh, Just the Way You Are for most of the world and which was a big hit. So people did hear it from that or if they had the album. But even if you listen to some of these live versions from like very early days, right after the album was released, like Nassau Coliseum 1977, when he starts the song or when he says this is a song called Vienna, like the crowd cheers a lot as if they already like it a lot. So I think it's it's always had some level of popularity above just the standard well, album now, track. Now that we've been two or three times to the residency and I do complain a lot about the song choices for a festive crowd like that, this is a wonderful live song. I mean, a really terrific. I've been enjoying the song when we've been there. It works. It fills the arena. And when they get to the accordion part, again, this guy with this guy with his accordion knows exactly when to use a, a proper use of an accordion, which for years was just made fun of. And it's just so perfect it puts you in the mood you know that listen this is why we like him this is why this album was amazing he this song like scenes from an italian restaurant which is why the album's amazing sets a mood and you feel like you're in vienna or you feel like i've never been to vienna but in my when want to hear this song i'm thinking i feel like i'm in vienna i don't know but it's much, it must be when you're walking down the street they must play this music yeah, like you, has, you were saying you were kidding before, but I mean, can't you picture, at least as a little boy, because now we know better, that you're walking down the street and somebody's definitely playing the accordion on a, you know, something by the river somewhere where you're walking? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It has the same effect as like in Cete Trois or whatever. Like he, there's always, he can do these or scenes. Right, like a little restaurant. French thing. Right, exactly. Yeah, 
he's he knows how to set the stage. So this one, I mean, and he said he did this intro. He wants it to sound Viennese and stately. And that's what it is. It has like this classical and you just feel like you're somewhere in some European city. And then Billy Joel does this thing in the song where he opens with that little intro sound and then he closes with the same intro sound, which was like he obviously loved doing that. And just on this album alone, he does that same sort of thing on The Stranger, where he yeah, has a different, you know, it's a whole different theme, and then it yeah. ends with that theme. And he scenes. does it on scenes from an Italian restaurant. Right. So he like loved these little self-contained vignettes like that. Yeah, and that's what that's what it is. They're like they're like little movies. They're real stories, and th- this album just is that. And obviously, we're going to talk more about that in our next episode when we wrap up the actual Stranger album, which I'm after talking about this song getting extremely excited about since especially this is a song that kicks off the second side but i'll save all that for next week again you know the more we're talking about it the more i'm like excited about this song it's kind of weird when a song messes you up when you're little and if you can hear it a different way as an adult even though 13 going on 30 messed it up for me again (laughs) yeah that's a double whammy there those are not two good influences you know she's going home with her parents in that and so depressing and they're like what do you and apparently she's been a real bitch in her life if you've ever seen the movie and her parents are so happy to see her home and i'm like that that didn't happen to me when i went home in fact my parents moved and they didn't tell me and they moved to vienna (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was uh i mean that's something you'd think they'd let you know or your at least your mail would have been forwarded. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's so and 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 there's so much more to this song. I mean, we haven't even began to discuss the fact that this is a song where after all these years, Billy Joel reunited with his estranged father. And 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 he had a moment with him, which I guess. This might be the only one ever because I don't think they even kept in touch after. It wasn't like uh, they were buddies after he finally ran into him again. Wasn't it just that he was touring and he's like, let me just see if my dad still lives here. And and then no, they, I, I think they I think they had some level of a relationship after that. But the fact of the matter is the guy had been estranged for a long time. He probably hated his dad a little bit. And then they meet and and, and they take a walk around Vienna, right? Right. And and not only is he enjoying his dad's company or and maybe his dad has told him. Although I wanted to go because his name is Helmut. <laughs> uh, no, uh, you know, maybe he's explaining why he left, which I, clearly they had that talk. So, if, you know, if this song comes from something like that exhibit A, you know, that's an interesting song already. But then he said. As you know, he saw an old lady working, like sweeping, and he's like, hey, who's the old bat cleaning up? And he's like, no, no, it's different here. We don't treat older people like that. We we make them productive members of society. We have a great respect for them. That, we make them work until they die. Yes. Yeah, well, you know, it sounds that way, but the fact of the matter is we we know how we treat the elderly here. And we treat them like they might be on this all on the spectrum at this point. So when he realized that they treat people differently there and they have respect for their elders, that's also what this song is about. So you combine having a moment with your estranged father and that, wow, this is what a fascinating country, like like the way the Chinese do. And they respect their their elders, their grandparents, their parents, you know, that kind of stuff and take care of them. And, 
you know, I can get great knowledge from them. You know, I know I get why we don't do that because my parents are stupid. I mean, they're idiots. Your parents seem pretty cool. Like your dad, uh, you know, has something to do with like the Congress or city council. You know, my parents, I, I can't get any knowledge from them whatsoever. And quite frankly, it's just going to get worse for this country because our parents were like the last generation of people that were like, you know, they tell you, oh, things are rough, things are rough. They don't even know how rough things are. The kids that are younger than you have seen so much shit that was never told to us by our parents with 9-11 natural disasters that are worse, a pandemic, you know? So now they're really going to get thrown away. There's going to be no respect for older people. Like, boy, they gave us useless information. Nothing, nothing to work with. (laughs) If there's ever a pandemic, the most important thing, baby wipes. I mean, they gave us nothing. You know, I told you, my parents said, you got to keep a landline phone. And I think I've said this on the show before in case of an emergency. Well, an actual emergency came up, whether it was 9-11 or Hurricane Sandy. And the first thing to go, the landlines. No, they just meant that if there's an emergency, you'll have a nice phone cord to hang yourself with. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't know. You know, the fa- this this song is written in such an interesting manner and. There's so much to take from this song, and it's so personal. I'm surprised uh, he didn't let Stevie Nicks sing it at the SoFi Center. Thank you. That would have been pretty cool. A little callback. Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, so it, it, it's kind of funny, though, because this song is about... There's two parts of the song. There's the whole respect for the elderly part of the song, which Billy Joel says was the main influence. But also, it's this message of, like, hey, you're young. Like, take your time. There's a, it's a Life is long. You don't have to feel like you have to get everything accomplished in your 20s or 30s. Right. And I feel like when... This song is loved by all these young people, mostly young women, I would say, and they really resonate with it. They're focusing on that part and they don't even realize that they're like loving this song, which is just about like having good meals with your grandma and like making sure you visit. Yeah. You know, well, like, it's just like guess- a it's a funny thing because it's like the lyrics, if they really listen to it, it's it's more about that than about this whole like, hey, girl, live your life. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's all in the first line. Slow down, you crazy child. You're so ambitious for a juvenile. I mean, there it is. It's the whole point of the song. So anybody, like you said, a young girl could see. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you got to relax a little bit. I think this song, more than any other Billy Joel song, maybe really speaks to young women. And they resonate with this so much. Apparently, yeah. Like this is when that whole slow down, you crazy child. Like when you're at a concert, like every girl in the audience is like has her hand raised and is doing that thing where she's like, yeah you know yeah it, it's like it's so them the only song that maybe com- is like similar to that is the next song on the album which is only the good die young which also oh, i wow. think women like love that song too and it totally yeah. feels like them also it's like a back-to-back billy joel was like hey i write songs for chicks too but that first verse is you know he's just really sending the message in multiple times he's like where's the fire where's the we didn't start the fire What's the hurry about? You'd better cool it off before you burn it out. You've got so much to do and only so many hours a day. Just keep saying it. Say, hey, you got to relax. But that's cool in this song that he's like, he's really sending the message. Yeah. And it just, it does flow. Like some of those lyrics that we've done before there, you read them just in a normal way, but these flow that you can get what you want or you can just get old. I mean, they, they flow in the way we know them. Certainly I've read the lyrics before where they're like, really, this isn't a song. 
Yeah, and uh, it's a good song. There's no mentions of the ocean or any bodies of water, so good for him. <laughs> Although he does say take the phone off the hook, and you know maybe he's thinking of a hook on a fishing line. I'm not sure. <laughs> and then you go to the second verse, and it's you know slow down again. He he's repeating it all slow, but that's I think that's important because he's saying slow down. Like I'm I'm maybe you're not getting the message. Slow down. You're doing fine. You can't be everything you want to be before your time. And then on the borderline tonight, you know, although it's so romantic on the borderline, I don't like that. A little close to the borderline. Yeah. <laughs> He's like getting ready for his next two albums. Too bad, but it's the life you lead. You're so ahead of yourself that you forgot what you need. That you can see when you're wrong. You know, you can't always see when you're right. You're right. <laughs> She's got her toys. No, that's uh, <laughs> the uptown girl where I thought they said that twice. <laughs> You've got your passion, you've got your pride, but you don't know that only fools are satisfied. Dream on, but don't imagine they'll all come true. Ooh. <laughs> Vienna waits for you. It's really, uh, and I'll tell you that we know how songs work, especially pop songs, which this isn't, but it has the verse, chorus, verse, chorus. And of course, it has an instrumental break. But this is one of the greatest instrumental breaks in a song I've ever heard. It's important. The instrumental break is important. You know how like every 80s song had a guitar solo or a sax solo, and it's like you're just killing time to make the song 305. This one, this instrumental break is so important, and it's it, because of the accordion, it gives you more of the flavor of what you're what he's talking about, and it's slowing down the song a little bit. Well, let's take our time. Uh, we'll have a little instrumental break, and then we'll come back again. That's a great point. That's what it's yeah. doing. It's slowing down the song. And uh, that's one of the problems with some of the cover versions is that they cut that out. Like Ariana Grande did one in 2011, you know, and she's great and everything, but she cuts out the instrumental. This you, girl, Gre Greta Ray in 2022 went viral on TikTok with her own version also cuts out the instrumental. Well, the thing is good for them because if they had the instrumental, they'd be missing the point of how important the instrumental is because they'll never get it right. There's no way Ariana Grande is going to get. Now we need an accordion player and stat. Yeah, but they could change the instrumentation and still they have could, that But moment. it's not, it's not going to have the same effect. A sax solo is not going to work on this. It, it's just, it's not going to make the same statement that this particular instrumental makes. Well, harmonica could have worked as a good substitute. Also. Ugh. Oh. There's a cover by this uh, singer Grace Vanderwall from a couple of years ago. That one is really good because she's actually doing it with a live band behind her, and they've got the guy on the on the organ doing the accordion sounds. Oh, so, cool! Oh, that's great. Her voice is great. That's a good one. Kick off before you even get halfway through. Ooh, when will you realize Vienna waits for you? You can get what you want or you can just get old. Well, what's the deal live-wise? Now we know he's been I I don't think does he switch between Vienna and Zanzibar uh when he's playing this at the residency lately, or is it always Vienna and then sometimes we get because the first time we went, we got Zanzibar. 
And the last time we went, we did not. And I don't believe he sang it when I went with Gary as well. But I think both times we always got Vienna. Right? Yeah, I think all three times I got Vienna. Yeah. So I don't think this is the one that he does the Zanzibar choosing with. I think Vienna's, it seems like it's always in. Well, now. what are the live stats? So the stats are, this is the 25th most played song. He's played it 289 times. And basically since 2006, which is like that first big tour he did in the 2000s, he's, it seems like every show. Yeah, had I, was gonna, every show. I was going to say with your stats, I bet you it was the 50th most played song. And since the 2000s has moved up. Yeah. I mean, it definitely coincides with like when you think of when 13 going on a 30 was released, if he felt like that kind of raised its profile a little bit, which was like yeah. 2004. He wasn't on tour in 04, 05. But then in 06, he starts his tour and all of a sudden it's played like constantly. Before that, in the late 90s, he did it a bunch, but not not like this much. He Then he played it only a few times on the River of Dreams and Stormfront tours. He played it a lot on the bridge tour. Oh, you can change before we go to the casino, no? <laughs> The casino. Uh, excuse me, uh, Desiree. I'm a working man. Just how expensive is this casino? Oh, um, excuse me for asking this, Alex, but uh, what is it you do for a living? I'm a ca taxi driver. Oh, a taxi driver? It's not the same job as it is over here. You see, taxi drivers are held in very high esteem in America. It is a waiting list. People commit suicide if they can't get in. <laughs> now, doctors over in America, you wouldn't want to talk to them. Riffraff. <laughs> As I was saying, how expensive is this casino? Well, I'm afraid that if you have to ask, you cannot afford it. Well, look, I'm so sorry, Alex, but um, I really have to go to the casino tonight. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> what kind of a woman are you? I mean, you meet a guy and you like him, and just because he can't afford to take you to a nice place, you're gonna dump him? What kind of a person is that? French. <laughs> Well, Dave, it's time for the trivia portion of the show. Do you have a slumper for me? I got one. So, of course, 13 Going on 30 and the TV show Taxi both use the song Vienna almost in its entirety, which is so weird. And two Emmy winners drive taxis in both. Judd Hirsch in Taxi. Who is the Emmy-winning huge comedian who picks up Jennifer Garner in 13 Going on 30 in his cab? Okay, I've never seen this movie. Um, an oh. Emmy winning huge comedian. Is Ray Romano a taxi driver? No. Um, give me like a time period when he was a big comedian. He's still a big comedian. Still a He's big. One of the biggest. Dave Attell. No. <laughs> no he I looks like a, a taxi driver. I said a big comedian. Well, that's the funny thing. The guy who it is doesn't really look like a taxi cab driver. And he was playing a high school. Somebody. Jennifer Garner went to high school with. Okay, so he's not, around not 30 ish. Yeah, she must have. He must. Well, I think he was probably 15 years older than her, but in the movie, he's like, hey, do you remember me from high school? Oh, God. We've, we've already had a trivia question, I think, about him before because I was involved. So it's somebody I know very, very well and have worked with. Dave Chappelle? No. 
worked with Pete Holmes. No, that's a good guess, though. Give me a first initial. J. Okay, it's not Jerry Seinfeld. Yes. It no, is Jerry not. Seinfeld. Oh, good. Wouldn't that no. be embarrassing for him? <laughs> that he just like played the cab driver, thirteen going on thirty. <laughs> She's like, "Yeah, hey, it's the guy from B movie." I was right, exactly. I don't know. I'm totally drawing a blank. It's Jim Gaffigan. Jim Gaffigan. Yeah, yeah. He's okay. really, really obnoxious in it. But yeah, it's him. He plays the taxi driver in thirteen going on thirty. And he won an Emmy. The Emmy was kind of a throw off. He won an Emmy for the CBS Sunday morning show. It's not oh, like, come on. I was that? trying to throw you off. I was making, you know, I, I put a little red herring into it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you could have thrown a whole bucket of herrings. Well, I didn't I know you hadn't seen the movie. It. So I was making it a little bit more difficult. I mean, I don't know yeah. how you could be married to a girl and not have seen that movie. I asked her before we recorded. I said, did you ever see this movie? Because we're going to kind of talk about it on this episode. She said she saw it once only. Just once? Yeah, but she did like it. But only I've once. seen it. I think I've seen it like 30 times. 13 going on 30. Jennifer Garner is so good. I just sometimes it makes me mad because she was married that fucking idiot Ben Affleck. But she's talented. She's cool. She's really good. And and Mark Garofalo's in it. And he's not. It doesn't matter. He's just cool. Did you call him Mark Garofalo? Yeah. What's his name? Mark Ruffalo. Oh, Mark Ruffalo. I don't know. I guess I was thinking of Janine <laughs> Garofalo. I, I mix them up all the time. But yeah, he's in it and he's good. And uh, Judy Greer is in it. And there's there's one scene that's so funny. Some of it I don't care for, but there's one scene that's so funny. They're at a restaurant and she's like, you know, Judy Greer's like, hey, you, you see that guy? He, he's checking you out at the bar. And he's she's like, oh, my God, he's so hot. And she's like, you should talk to him. You don't, you know, you don't have a ring on your finger because apparently she realizes she's dating some guy. But, you know, she just became just woke up after being 13 into 30. Yeah. So she goes and passes the guy that we're supposed to believe is checking her out and goes to this table at a booth. And it's a 13 year old boy. <laughs> and she's like, hey, and he's like, hi, how you doing? She's like. Um, so what are you doing here? He's like, I'm just waiting. You want to sit down? Sure. And then Judy Greer goes, what's the matter with you? Like, what do you want to go to jail? <laughs> <laughs> it's really, it's a great gag. It's really fun. And that kind of stuff, uh, you know, I'm a sucker for, I like that kind of, that's a great movie gag for a movie like that. A switching yeah. bodies movie. You got to have a gag like that. Of course. Yeah. There's a couple of them in that movie, like where, you know, she kisses, I guess, Mark Ruffalo and, and then she's, they cut to where she's telling the story and she's in her apartment and then they widen out and it's all the 13 year old girls in her apartment. And, <laughs> and they were like, was it like wet? You know, she's like, Oh my God. Yes. But it was awesome. You know, it was, he put his so, tongue in my mouth. Well, yeah, she didn't go that far, but it was really, it was, it's a good movie. It's a fun movie, except for that stupid Vienna part. They should have a sequel where Mark Ruffalo goes to jail for having sex with a 13 year old. I agree. And he's like, I swear, she said she was 30. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, goosebumps. Totally. No, they won't go away. <laughs> Do you love him? Duh. <laughs> when are you going to see him again? I don't know, actually. I don't know if I can. What? what? It's complicated. It's a grown up thing. Well, 
At least you have someone to dream about. Guys don't exactly want to jump your bones when you're a metal mouth. What is that attitude? We are young. Heartache to heartache we stand. Love is a battlefield. Uh, so do you have a trivia question for me? Yeah, my, move, my, my question is also about a movie. Okay, so since this song is about, uh, you know, senior citizens, the elderly ha- still being useful and productive and not you know, giving them a lot of respect and all of that. Uh, my question is, in what comedy does a character famously say, senior citizens, although slow and dangerous behind the wheel, can still serve a purpose? Hmm. Don't you go dying on me. Uh, don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. I'm joking. Uh, I, dev- I don't know at all. It's a big 90s movie that is one of the two things in 1994 that launched this guy's career into the stratosphere. 94. Jack Black? No. Wait. No. That's in the 80s. I. Well, I guess who's the guy? Okay, so the guy is a little fella named Jim. Harry. I mean, is a pet detective? No, it's one of the other <laughs> movies in that year that was a huge mega hit. The Mask? Okay, I guess there were three that one year, which was an incredible <laughs> year for him. It was all 94? Yeah. I don't know what the third one it's, is. It's then. a Farrelly Brothers movie. Oh, oh, it's Dumb and Dumber? Yeah, Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. Now, I've never seen that movie. What? That's yep. my favorite comedy of all time. You, you, tell- you waste your time with all these Woody Allen movies, <laughs> all this <laughs> highbrow stuff. You got to get down in the dirt. I waste my time on movies that 13-year-old girls like. That's the problem. Like or, or by guys who like 13-year-old girls. Right, right. So it's either right, Woody right. Allen or 13 going on. Exactly. So, yes, yeah, I got to see that. I got to see apparently the big Lebowski. People get mad at me for not. Having oh, I haven't seen, seen that, that, too. But that's the same reason out of spite, because people get mad when I say I haven't seen it. Yeah, they like get that. very violent. Yeah, <laughs> it's weird. And I love the Coen brothers, but I still haven't seen that movie. Yeah, I've enjoyed most of their movies. I don't under, I don't know why. Just that one was off the radar for me. I don't know why. All right, Alon. I am looking forward to see what you got today. I haven't heard a parody in a while. I guess the last one was Disney World. And like you said, that was two months ago. And that was a classic, thanks to Paul Lauren. Mm. So let's see what we got here. Okay, so the Weird Alon parody today is called Vienna Fingers 2. Vienna Fingers 2. It better not be gross. Oh, Vienna Fingers, like the... Like the cookie. Okay, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was a porn title. <laughs> <laughs> the sequel to Vienna Fingers. <laughs> Slow down, you chubby boy. You just ate a whole box of chips ahoy. But then you say you want more. So you go out and buy some ding-dongs. Mm-hmm-hmm. You eat more sugar than a hive of bees. I can't believe you don't have diabetes. You say your diet's all right, but I really think that you're wrong. You're wrong. But I know you don't hear my advice. You'll always keep eating junk and you'll never think twice. You're eating Kit Kats, Snickers, and even a Charleston chew. Ooh. And also four packs of Vienna Fingers, too. Hey, now, 
Wow. I was waiting. I was like, where does the two come in? I didn't know you meant two as also T-O-O. I was uh, like, that what? was the twist. I, 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 well, because I was like, I never heard Vienna Fingers one. So that's why I got confused. <laughs> I must have missed that one. It must have been one of the other songs. But uh, that was really good. The lyrics were excellent. And now, of course, in my, in my head, I'm like, oh, Paul Lauren will make this great. Yeah, I can't wait to hear his version. The Although, lyrics are good, really good. But then I thought you were also talking about me, and I thought then I took offense to it because I eat all that stuff, all of it. I just bought ring dings yesterday when I was in New Jersey. Oh, I should have put ring dings in there. I went with ding dongs instead. Oh, ding dong. That, well, I got the either or. Either they're the same thing, a different company. One's Drake's, one's Hostess. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like the uh, Hydrox Oreo. Exactly. When will you realize... Vienna waits for you. Well, folks, that was Vienna. If you like our podcast, be sure to go to Apple and give us five stars. We release new episodes every Tuesday, so make sure you hit subscribe so you never miss a single one. Follow us on social media at Billy Joel A to Z and give us some feedback. Do you think this is a top 10 Billy Joel song? Mm. Have you ever had a great song ruined because it was used in a movie or TV show? When was the last time you ate Vienna Fingers? And should my wife and I name our first kid Helmut? Obviously. I'm sure your parents <laughs> Whether it's a boy thrilled. or a girl, Helmut. Yes, exactly. Until next time, I'm Alan Altman. I'm Dave Juskow. And this is Billy Joel A to Z. And you know that when the truth is told that you can get what you want or you can just get old, you're gonna kick off before you even get Why don't you realize Vienna waits for you When will you realize Vienna waits for you Thank Mr. Walters Mm.